This is the Ask Dr. Jill podcast, where Dr. Jill Wagner will have conversations and discussions designed to take the mystery out of medicine. Your next appointment toward living a healthier life begins right now. Greetings. I hope you are having an amazing day and that you are loving yourself wholly and completely. I'm Dr. Jill Wagner, your host of the Ask Dr. Jill podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your life to spend a few moments with me. For those of you who don't know, I'm a concierge, board-certified family practice physician. I've been practicing for several decades, and those decades have given me loads of experience and a little bit of insight. This podcast is an opportunity to share both of those with you. My practice is located in the Dallas area, and if you would like to become a patient in that practice, I'll share contact information later in the broadcast. But for now, let's get started with this episode of Ask Dr. Jill. On today's episode, we're going to talk about neuroplasticity. I don't know if you've heard that term before. It's one of those things that's coming to the fore in recent years, but neuroplasticity is also known as brain plasticity. It's a term that refers to the brain's ability to change. The brain can change and adapt as a result of experience. And although when people say that the brain possesses plasticity, they are not suggesting in any way that the brain is similar to plastic, but they do mean that the brain is malleable. That means that it is easily influenced or trained or controlled. I know That probably catches you by surprise. But what recent data has indicated is that unlike what we thought from the beginning, that once the brain was formed, it could never form new cells or change, we now know better. So the nerves are the cells of the brain are called neurons. So when you hear neuroplasticity, it is referring to the neuro part of it is referring to the neurons or the nerve cells that are the building blocks of the brain and the nervous system. So neuroplasticity is when nerve cells change or adjust. So exactly what is neuroplasticity? Well, the human brain has approximately 100 billion neurons. Did you hear that? 100 billion neurons. Early researchers believed that neurogenesis or the making of new cells Uh, only happened during birth. But now it's understood that the brain possesses the remarkable capacity to reorganize pathways, create new connections, and in some cases, even create new neurons or brain cells. That concept is called neuroplasticity. 
So there are two main types of neuroplasticity. You know, I like to give you a little bit of background. There's functional plasticity and structural plasticity. Functional neuroplasticity is the brain's ability to move functions from a damaged area of, of the brain to an undamaged area of the brain. So if you damage an area of the brain, say from stroke or from some head injury, that took care of a particular function, the brain has the ability to shift the responsibility of that function to another part of the brain that isn't damaged. And then structural plasticity means the brain's ability to actually change its physical structure as a result of learning. So this is how neuroplasticity works. The first few years of a child's life are a time when the brain grows rapidly. And then at birth, every neuron, which remember neuron is brain cell, in the cerebral cortex, which is the main big cauliflower part of the brain, has about 2,500 synapses or communication areas or small gaps between the neurons where the nerve impulses are relayed. So the way brain cells communicate with each other, they never touch each other, but there's a gap where they kind of communicate with each other via chemicals. By the age of three, the number of synapses or areas where the neurons interact with each other has grown from 2,500 to a whopping 15,000. The average adult only has about half that number of synapses. So what happens between the age of three and the age of adulthood, say 21? Well, when we gain new experiences, some connections are strengthened and others are eliminated. You've all heard the term, if you don't use it, you lose it. The same thing is true for brain interaction or brain synapses. If you don't use that area of your brain, then those synapses go away. This process is known as synaptic pruning. So you know how you your grandmother, if she grew roses or, or anything, she would go out and prune the rose bushes where she'd cut away the parts that weren't blooming so well or functioning as well. The brain does the same kind of thing. So for those areas that you're not using, it shuts those down. I think that's amazing. So neurons that are used frequently develop stronger connections, and those that are rarely or never used eventually die. So when you stop learning, when you stop challenging your brain, those cells actually die. So by developing new connections and pruning away weak ones, the brain is able to adapt to the changing environment that you find yourself in. So what are the benefits of neuroplasticity? There are many benefits of brain neuroplasticity. In allowing our brain to adapt and change, this helps us to promote all kinds of things, like the ability to learn new things. If you get rid of 
uh, the stuff you don't need, then you have more capacity to learn new things. The ability to enhance your existing cognitive capabilities. So the things that you do well, you can do even better because the brain does not lose or use its resources on things that you don't use. Recovery from strokes and traumatic brain injury is made possible because of the brain's neuroplasticity. Strengthening areas if some functions are lost or declined uh, are a benefit of neuroplasticity. And then improvements that can boost your brain fitness. There are certain things that you can do like reading or studying or learning a language or even dancing helps your brain to function better. So what are the things that influence neuroplasticity? Well, first of all is age and environment. While plasticity or neuroplasticity occurs throughout the life or our lifetimes, certain types of changes are more prominent or predominant at specific ages. The brain tends to change a lot during the early years of life. For example, as the immature brain grows and organizes itself, the brain is changing and that happens early in life. So young brains tend to be more sensitive and responsive to experiences than much older brains. I think that's very important for us to to know and realize. So what young brains see, what young brains hear, what young brains are exposed to determines how that brain organizes itself and how it matures. So young brains tend to be more sensitive and responsive, but that doesn't mean that older brains are not capable of adapting. Genetics can also have an influence. So the interaction between the environment and genetics, you've heard of this before, epigenetics, that also plays a role in shaping the brain's plasticity. Neuroplasticity is an ongoing process. That's important to know. Plasticity is ongoing throughout your life, and it involves brain cells other than neurons. Many of us think that all the brain is is just brain cells that communicate between each other. But there are other cells like glia cells, which are these cells that are in between the neurons. And there are vascular cells, cells that line the blood uh, vessels. Neuroplasticity can occur as a result of learning, uh, the learning experience, memory formation, or It can also happen as a result of damage to the brain. So if the brain is damaged, then all of those cells can work together in order to repair it. Uh, In instances of brain damage, let's take, for instance, a stroke, because many of us either know somebody who's had a stroke or we know about stroke. The areas of the brain associated with certain functions may be injured. So let me tell you what happens in a stroke. 
Some people refer to a stroke as a brain attack, just like a heart attack means that the blood flow to the brain muscle itself has been compromised. Well, that's what happens with a stroke in the brain. What happens is the flow to a certain portion of the brain has been in some way compromised. And that can be from an aneurysm or that can be from an injury or that can be from a blocked blood vessel. But when that blood flow is compromised and you don't get adequate blood and nutrition to that area of the brain, then that part of the brain is damaged. But because the brain has neuroplasticity, eventually healthy parts of the brain may take over some of those functions. That's why some people can completely recover from strokes. Others don't, but some people absolutely completely recover from strokes. And there are a lot of things that contribute to that, but their brain's neuroplasticity is the main issue. I want to take just a quick break to remind you that this episode is brought to you by WellAware Supplements. Every wellness plan should include strategic supplementation, vitamins, minerals, and herbal supplements that help you to achieve your health goals. At WellAware, being your health partner is of the utmost importance. We have high-quality, affordable supplements that will be delivered directly to your doorstep. So you don't have to stand in the drugstore or health food store gazing at the endless shelves of supplements trying to make a decision about which ones are right for you. We make it easy, convenient, and affordable. To start your strategic supplementation today, go to AskDrJill.net slash supplements and order yours now. You have to know, though, that brain plasticity also has its limitations. And it's important to know that the brain is not infinitely malleable. So you can damage the brain to the point that it can't heal itself. Certain areas of the brain are largely responsible for certain actions. For example, there are many areas of the brain that play critical roles in things such as movement or language, speech or cognition. And if you damage some of the key areas of the brain, it can result in deficits in those areas. Um, while some, as I said, may recover, other areas of the brain simply cannot fully take over those vast functions. And so we are left affected for the duration of our life. So how do you improve your neuroplasticity? There are things you can do to help encourage your brain to adapt and change. Some of the ways that you can utilize neuroplasticity in a beneficial way include enriching your environment, learning environments that offer plenty of opportunity for focused attention, novelty, meaning uniqueness or newness, and challenge, things that challenge your brain just a little bit, have been shown to stimulate 
positive changes in the brain. Enriching your environment can continue to provide brain rewards well into adulthood and just until the end of your life. So here are some things that you can try in order to enrich your brain. Try learning a new language. How many of us have said, you know, I am going to learn French or, you know, I'm really going to learn Spanish or I'm going to learn Mandarin. Um, it's a good time to, to try that. You may not become fluent, but just challenging your brain with trying to pronounce the words and comprehend their meaning uh, can help your brain's neuroplasticity. Learning how to play an instrument. Let's say you don't play one, but you'd love to. You know, I think that I would be an excellent concert pianist. No, I cannot pay, play a note, but I I think I could. Don't you think you could too? Don't you? I know. But learning to play an instrument is very good for the brain and it can contribute to neuroplasticity. Traveling and exploring new places. You've Have you ever been to a city or been to a place and you are completely lost? It is Everything is so foreign to you that your brain has to become more alert so that it can navigate and remember and take in all of the richness of the new environment. That increases your brain's neuroplasticity. Creating art and other creative pursuits, reading things, listening to things like podcasts. There's another thing that you know I talk about or a couple of things that I talk about all the time, but I think it's really important for you to know, getting plenty of rest. Research has shown that sleep plays an important role in the growth of the dendrites, which are those uh, projections from the neurons that, that communicate with other neurons. When you sleep and you get good rest, dendrites will grow. So the communication between neurons is improved. Dendrites are the growths at the end of neurons that help transmit information from one neuron to the next. So when you strengthen those connections, you may be able to encourage greater brain plasticity. Sleep has also been shown to have important effects on your physical and mental health. Some researchers suggest that this is partly due to genetics and partly due to the makeup of the gray matter in your brain, but sleep is critical. You need to focus on, or let me say we all need to focus focus on ways to improve our sleep. Things like practicing good sleep hygiene, um, keeping a good sleep schedule, making sure that the room is dark and the environment is quiet and, and the temperature is comfortable. All of those are things that are important for getting sleep and getting good sleep is important for your neuroplasticity. And then we are back at exercise again. I know. Does exercise fix everything? It is good for most things that have to do with keeping us healthy. Regular physical activity has a number of brain benefits. Some research indicates that exercise might help prevent neuron loss 
in the hippocampus. The hippocampus is where your memory is seated. And so when you lose the hippocampus, you lose a lot of your memory. So those are the kinds of things that we see in brain disease like Alzheimer's. So exercising can help that hippocampus uh, to maintain its volume. Other studies suggest that exercise plays a role in new neuron formation in the hippocampus. So not only can it help you to maintain the hippocampus, but it can also help you grow new neurons in the hippocampus if you need it. So there can also be problems with brain plasticity. Um, brain changes are mostly seen as improvements. But this is not always the case. In some instances, the brain structure and function can be negatively influenced or changed. And here's some of the things that can negatively change your brain. The first one is substance use and abuse. Be careful what you put in your body because it can adversely affect your brain. Diseases or trauma, uh, not only physical trauma, but mental trauma as well, can change the way that your brain functions and can change your neuroplasticity. Lead poisoning is really big. Uh, there are some parts of the country where we've heard that there was lead in the water that the children were drinking. That's a problem because once lead is in your body, it never goes away. So those children have brains that are changed in a way that can affect them for a lifetime. If you want to make sure that your brain is functioning as much and as well as it can. Make sure that you take care of it. Uh, make sure that you protect your head. Make sure that you exercise on a regular basis and learn to dance or learn a new language. That has been what I have to tell you about neuroplasticity. So the bottom line is the brain is an amazing ability to change throughout the course of our lives. It is never too early or too late to start learning new things. So as always, thank you for listening. I hope that this has been great for you and you've learned something new. And as always, I pray a blessing on you and those that you love. And I will see you next time at your next Ask Dr. Jill appointment. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for care by a doctor or other qualified health professional. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you are looking for help on your journey to wellness, seek assistance from a qualified medical professional. It is important that you have someone in your corner that is qualified, trained, licensed health practitioner, helping you make the health changes you desire as you venture toward the healthiest you possible.